This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Late Late Show tonight with me, Richie. And what is a solo show where I am exploring the Faster Reading Project, a project that has a massive impact on Key Stage 3 students and has improved reading scores in the current school that I am at. Please do join me for what is an exciting project on the Late Late Show. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Teaching is a rewarding profession, but it comes with its fair share of challenges. That's where ADAPT come in. We're not your typical trade union, but instead a modern, apolitical alternative, offering expert legal, employment and mental health support. Protection without the politics. So what makes ADAPT different? We're always apolitical and independent, specialised solely in supporting individual teachers. Our caseworkers are professionally qualified, ensuring you always get the best advice. Plus, there's 24-7 mental health support. Whether it's a simple contract check or handling serious allegations, EDAPT are here for you. Join the thousands of educators who've chosen EDAPT to protect their careers. Subscribe at edapt.org.uk today. EDAPT. Supporting school staff. Protecting careers. Hello everybody and welcome to The Late Late Show here on a Monday night. I'm Richie and it will be a solo show tonight where I will be exploring a project that I've been undertaking with my current school for the past year and uh, it has yielded some amazing results and it has really has an, it had an impact on our Key Stage 3 readers. And it's something that I felt that I needed to share and would like to share with everybody, especially those in schools who are looking to develop their reading strategy. It is obviously in the Ofsted framework about what schools do to increase reading and and to obviously enhance reading for our students, whether that is in primary school or secondary school. So I suppose the story begins um, where it has nothing to do with me. And the the job role that I have being an assistant principal, I oversee, um, one of my jobs is to oversee the reading provision put in place. And when um, when I started at my current school in last September, this, play, uh, this, this provision was actually already explored. And it was a case study that interested my head teacher and interested um, a, a separate company who was working on developing reading. And when I came in in September, I was asked basically to to take the ball and run with it. And I was more than happy to do so after reading the case studies. And the case study is is quite literally called the Faster Read Programme at Scalby School. And it was by the Huntington Research School on the 10th of February 2021. And I am going to, to read the article because there are lots of amazing things within the article. And I think 
you know, just to give you a, a little bit of background about what the Faster Reading Project is, why it's been implemented and, and what the impact is, will qu go quite a long way. So the reading of lengthy, challenging texts can often be difficult for many of our students. They may lack reading stamina and in our support group, students' reading age scores are often much lower than their chronological age. So schools were always on the lookout to improve reading ages and it was uh, Mary Myatt who, who cited a study from the University of Sussex where English teachers from schools across the South Coast changed the way they taught novels. Half of the study group took the traditional approach, which is reading a few chapters at a time, completing a written or spoken task, whereas the other half of the study used the faster read approach, reading two challenging novels at a faster pace with their classes, pausing only to complete swift comprehensional vocab te uh, tasks. And I think often in English, myself being an English teacher and have been for around about 10 years, we can take the whole term to read a text, um, pausing to analyse sections, looking at character, looking at plot, looking at events, looking at language analysis. To be fair, like we could probably, you know, take two terms, especially when you're looking at the meteor texts, like some schools are doing uh, Lord of the Flies or Oliver Twist, um, Great Expectations as well. So some of these text and some of these uh, analysis questions really take away from what it is that we really need students to do and that is to become better readers. So we often pause to analyse sections in detail or to complete written texts to inspire our readers but actually the argument here is while this technique does teach the English skills required for further study it can also limit students comprehension skills and engagement with the texts. And teachers in the Sussex study were provided with some additional training in faster read techniques. They use standardised tests to assess the reading age of students pre and post study. And the Sussex study found that when using the faster read approach on average, students made 8.5 months progress during their 12 week term. But most surprisingly, disadvantaged readers made 16 months worth of progress, so almost, well, just over double. Um, or, or just under double of, of what other students was making. So 16 months progress in 12 weeks is pretty phenomenal. And, you know, it, it was an idea based around just being read to and students follow the text and they are just read to by an expert reader. And essentially what the Huntington Research School did was they wanted to explore the effects with a full range of year seven classes. Their classes are setted on prior attainment at primary school. There were four classes in this research, set one to four, and they were all tasked to complete the faster read program. Three classes on the other year half, set one to three, followed a traditional approach. And then obviously there was one class that was not. So they you could create that control group to measure any impact against. Now, owing to the challenges of the pandemic that the Huntington Research School found, there was less time for their study than Sussex did and the study unfortunately only ran over a period of 10 weeks from October to December in 2020 and they used three out of their four lessons a week as our faster read lessons and the fourth was devoted to literacy mastery uh, which again builds upon the grammar and the writing skills. The reduction in time meant that teachers were actually only able to cover one novel at a faster pace and the selection of short stories in place of the two novels in the original Sussex study. And teacher's choice is, is very important when it comes to delivering the texts. And 
if anybody is listening again context behind this is that it's best this program to be delivered by not just experienced teachers but perhaps enthusiastic teachers and teachers who are good readers because they have to model what it is to be a good reader to be a confident reader and also to model the fluency and fluidity of being able to read at a fast pace and again this the, the the popcorn reading whilst it does help and there is absolutely a place for popcorn reading there is also sometimes that delay and sometimes you don't hit the pace that you need to hit to actually get the fluency in reading um, and again you might there's, there's many reasons for that you might have students who don't feel confident in reading you might have students who can't read to the best of their abilities in comparison to their peers so you do have that slow progression and students will either become distracted or maybe zone out or maybe they'll even read ahead which again if they're reading ahead then who else isn't so these these groups do have to be you know enthusiastic teachers and i'm not saying it just has to be english teachers of course i'm not but the reason why we use english teachers is because we fitted it into the english curriculum that i'll go into in a little while so essentially key stage three students in hunted and research were basically read to by these teachers and there were questioning visualization techniques some recall some prediction strategies in there as well and the the, the research and the measuring stick i suppose which the hunted and research school did and i do at my current school as well is begin by assessing students using the ngrt the new group reading test to assess their reading ability and i'll go into a little bit more about that in a moment but also what the uh, Huntington Research did was we, uh, sorry, they designed two inference skills as well to test book end studies. Okay, text choice again is really important. Um, all books chosen featured a teenage protagonist to age engagement and forge shared identity with the characters. Teachers were given some degree of freedom to choose their own text. However, at uh, the current school that I'm at, we all did the same text because we wanted students to be talking about these texts and we wanted students to have a familiarity with each other that we're all in this together and we're all doing the same thing and experiencing the wonderful things that you know novels can can give um, the text selected at the Huntington Research School was The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins The Prince of Mist by Carlos Ruiz Zafon Trash by Andy Mulligan and Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by J.K. Rowling and Interestingly, both set one classes read The Hunger Games and they were taught by the same teacher using two different approaches. And the results that the Huntington Research School found were quite fascinating. The other two classes in the control group read Coraline by Neil Gaiman and the Graveyard Book as well by the same author. At the end of the term, they ran uh, another NGRT test and obviously the inference skill booklet I mentioned as well. And what they found was actually average progress for students who completed the faster reading program averaged at plus 11 months, again, over a 10 week period and average progress for students who completed their traditional offer actually was minus 1.77 months. So again, it's a hugely impactful resource and it is a hugely impactful project. Set four, their set four that I mentioned, actually made 20 months of progress. So this is not just for the top end. And this isn't just for students who can read already. In fact, the best results 
are pulling up the bottom end because again students are being exposed to vocab and words they might not use at home they might not use in school at a, a conditioned rate so again it's really impacting everybody from sets one to four if you are set and the inference skills developed across the board too which it, which is very very you know rewarding because both of their fail saves both of their tests actually found really, really good progress. Struggling readers may have a limited cultural literacy, might struggle with a visualization of stories, but what the Faster Read program allows them to do is continue to read and they have to follow the words and I'll get through the teaching of this in a moment. It isn't just a lesson where students are just sat listening to a story, as wonderful as that might sound. They do have to read along with them and recognize words. Now, what the Huntington Research School did was they they did encourage doodling whilst reading um, for certain students who who struggle during obviously their um, extended reads. So that was something that they could do. But essentially, students could just sit back and listen as well. And I think lots of that idea about absorbing language and plot, rather than having to require them to decode at the same time, has really allowed students to develop um, at, at the Scalby School, which is the Huntington Research School was based on. So overall, um, I took, you know, or, or we took everything that the Scalby School did, everything that the Huntington Research School did, everything that the Sussex University study pointed to and developed this into our own sort of like mini project. And when I started in September, I was very, very fortunate to have the guidance of, um, of another lady who, who came from outside of the trust and, and worked for an external education company and she was just phenomenal if I'm honest in in terms of not just helping me get used to a new job of being an assistant principal which is no mean feat in itself but actually to take ownership of the faster reading project and then help develop that into a vision that we all wanted to see so instead of jumping in with both feet as sometimes happens when in education, we hear this absolutely amazing thing, we go, right, that's it, we're doing that. We did take it very, very slow at first, and we wanted to experiment and to make sure that before we roll this out to absolutely every single child, we knew what we were doing. We had the same impact that the other schools have had as well. So essentially, we tested year eights and we tested year sevens. And in fact, we tested year nines, even though we wasn't rolling out the faster reading project to year nines. Um, I'll explain why later. We did test year sevens and eights with the NGRT tests. Now, word to the wise here, NGRT tests are extremely good in terms of having that instant result. And NGRT tests are also extremely good in placing students within a category. So they have stay nines, one to nine, one being very low, four, five and six average, and nine being very high. And you can fill in the rest for yourself. They also have a standard age score, which is based on a number of questions the student has answered correctly. The score is adjusted for age, and it is placed on a scale that makes comparison with a national representative sample of the same age across the UK. And the average score, nice and easy, is 100. That's something to just remind yourself of later. So 100 is the average score. You also have a national percentile rank, which is which is quite helpful because obviously it puts students in a percentage of where they are based on their age. And again, 
this is all moving. It's every single time you do an NGRT, it's all a moving part. So if you test someone at 11 years old, you would get this standard age score for an 11 year old. If you would test them seven months later, you would get the standard age score at 11 years old and seven months. So again, it is moving. It's not the same test over and over again to show the progress. It is a moving test, which does make it more reliable. The NGRT scores are brilliant. They down, you, you can download a you can download a whole different category of of you know reports. It is it is very very good and it is very very detailed. However, you do have to have the resources in your school that will hold or that you can roll out to year groups at a time because you do want students to be tested around about the same time within a week. The first like I don't know maybe the second third fourth week, but it will probably depending on how big your school and intake is. It probably will take you. Um, maybe a week to get all of the students tested unless you've got like lots and lots of IT rooms. So make sure that, you know, IT access is needed. Uh, so make sure IT access is there and do try to test your students within a week or two week window as well, because then obviously they're all around about that age of they've just come into school and then you can test them after the faster reading project. So when our students came in, um, came into school within the first couple of weeks, we just wanted to test one half of the year eights. So we brought the faster reading project in as part of the key stage three curriculum, and it does constitute a, a term terms long scheme of work where students listen to fiction text being read to them again by an expert reader at a sustained and uninterrupted pace so again your behavior management has to be on point you have to absolutely have to make sure that you know students are told what the rules are and there is again as difficult as it might sound there is no interruptions and if there are interruptions there are consequences for those otherwise that rhythm of the reading starts to break down. It's very hard for students to be following along if there's behavior issues or low level disruption going on. So again, you do need that buy-in. Um, you do have to have that buy-in from the students as well. But actually, when students got used to the project, if I'm completely honest, very rarely were there any behavior issues because again, at the end of the day, these students aren't writing. This is not like a normal English lesson. They, they can sit and listen and just be read to for 45 minutes, 50 minutes or an hour, depending on how long your lessons are. And students after the first lesson, they actually were really engaged and students started to think, actually, these lessons are all right. They're, they're really interesting because I'm being read to and who doesn't love that? So we rolled it out to one half of, uh, of a year eight scheme of work the two texts we actually chose we stuck with the research we stuck with uh, what was recommended and we read the hunger games and also the prince of mist now i've never read the prince of mist before it's a really good book really good one for key stage three students and again the idea behind the hunger games is obviously there's a second and a third book and actually a prequel now as well so hopefully students who enjoy the book can use your libraries and extend their reading in their own time too so essentially, we were um, we were trained on the faster reading project, and that training is relatively simple. It is a case of being confident in your reading, being enthusiastic in your reading. Put on some voices if you like. I love doing a bit of a Scouse accent or a Welsh accent. Not too many Scousers or Welsh people are in in the Hunger Games, but you know it's fine. Just do whatever you you can to try to entice these students into just listening to you. Now, after you've done 
the NGRT tests, it doesn't necessarily matter what the group scores are. And if you are set, then obviously you, you probably will be set anyway um, in terms of their reading ages. But some might surprise you because there were certainly a few students whose, whose prior history pointed to them having maybe a low reading age stereotypically, but actually they're, they're, they have a high reading age. So again, it tells us quite a lot about our students having these reading ages. It also helped our SEND department because those with the lowest reading ages were also screened for other things that were flagged up. And again, it's really handy to, to be able to do this because reading ages can tell you quite a lot. And our some of our students actually were suffering from needing an overlay or, or actually being dyslexic that wasn't picked up. And again, it allows us to understand why are our readers, the very low readers, maybe below you know, below 75, I would say, is your very low readers. It gives a little bit of profiling based around these students. It gives you more things to unpick and maybe it does give you a little bit more work. But actually, I know that some of our students absolutely benefited from it because, again, there were things that, you know, we didn't know about our students beforehand that now we do know. And some things that we knew about our students, again, it just enhances our knowledge of actually this student isn't a very good reader because they need a blue overlay or actually this student isn't a good reader because they have dyslexia. And again, we wouldn't have known that if we hadn't, hadn't really have done this, this project. So in, in, in terms of the standard, our year rates, um, our half of the year rates, they came in actually at just above average and uh, they came in at 103. Now, after the faster reading project, they went up to 105. So this particular progress, this particular group made two SAS above average jumps. And that is a very, that is, two doesn't sound a lot, but it is in, in terms of a whole group. And again, it's, it's having that impact there. The particular progress made with these students were actually in Stay 94, which was 89 to 96 SAS and in stay nine nine as well, where um, that's the highest stay nine, very high levels of reading, and they were above 126. Now, we started um, we started in our very low category with six percent of students in the first test, and we ended with three percent of students in the very low category. So again, it's built for everybody. And it really is something that every student is able to take hold of. The very high readers do very well. We had 2% of our cohort of half of, or half of our year group in the very high category. And by the time we'd finished, tested them straight after the faster reading project had finished after that one term, we had 8%. So again, a 6% increase, which again is absolutely phenomenal. We were way above national average. Um, Again, remember, this is based on national average. So you do have some really hard hitting facts and figures in there to measure your impact. We had 13% um, of our students above national average, making much higher than expected national average. So again, it does help every single student in every single day nine. It is not just, you know, for, for that low end. It's not just for the top end, people who like to read anyway. It hits every single molecule of, of a student and what their reading age can be. 
Um, students, again, like looking into subcategories because I absolutely, I, I'm a, bit, a little bit of a data geek actually. I, I really like delving in to student focus and the student groups. And again, some of these things were really impactful for me to see. So our free school meal students, for instance, started at 105 SAS and ended on 102.5 SAS. So our free school meal students are improving. Our EAL students started at 84 and made a four and a half jump up to 88.5 because they're being exposed over and over again repetitively to the language and they're being overexposed as well to the reading. And even if they are struggling with the reading, it still helps their English skills. It still helps them to deduce certain things. For our SEN, we uh, came in at 85 and we ended at 88. So again, it really does hit every single subcategory that you could think of. I like looking at um, the gender gap that I'll go into a little bit later as well, because it does impact both boys and girls. So after, you know, what a success that was, not getting too carried away yet, because we've only done half of a year group, but we now know, well, from the autumn term, now what we're going to do in spring term is we've seen this positive impact. We've seen that it works if we stick with the research. And that is something that I would say to do. Please do stick with the research. We then rolled it out to the other half of the year group. Now, the other half of the year group tested at 102. So again, coming in at just above national average. And by the end, they tested at 104.1. Okay, now I said I was going to talk about males and females. And again, as you could probably guess from the data, the males came in at 100.6 and ended at 100 point, uh, sorry, 102.6. So they've made two SAS scores. So the males made two SAS improvements and the females came in at 104.1. So four higher than the males and they ended at 106.1. So again, big numbers in terms of the categories of males and females, okay, there is a good sample size of students who we tested, over 100 students. But again, the males and the females made exactly the same amount of progress. So again, it is catered for every single category that you have. Now, I put all of the, after we, we'd roll that out to year eight, we wanted to put, right, now, how does the whole year group sit then? What's our overall score? And all students in year eight, on average, had a reading SAS score, so the standard age score of 102, and they finished on 104.4. So again, amazing improvement, way above national average in terms of much higher than expected progress, higher than national average in higher than expected progress as well. And pleasingly, as you would probably expect, lower than expected progress, way lower than national average as was the much lower than expected progress as well. So the year eights were, were a really good success story. And again, the lessons that we learned actually was from one year half to the next year half was just stick with the research. And maybe, maybe if you want that language analysis, that exploration of texts, maybe what you could do is create a vocab book and maybe you're testing students on the vocab that they've read in chapter one, two, three, four, five. Maybe you could ask them about characters, but that's their homework book. So maybe their homework could actually be consolidation, recall, mastery activities based around the reading in lessons. But we certainly felt that our students were A, engaged, 
and B, getting the best, best real reading skills for their education. Now, you do have to, if you're going to be in charge of this or you would like to lead this, I would 100% recommend that you do go around and you do quality assess what your teachers are doing. And the reason for that is because I would go into a classroom and maybe there's a student reading because they really want to read because students do. They always put their hand up. Can I read this lesson, please? But again, the idea is that they follow it. So when students are in that classroom, yes, it has to be silent, but they are following the words as you are reading them because that helps the recall, that helps that recognition of the words. And that's maybe something that um, teachers will need training on as well because it does feel quite scary just reading for 45 minutes. Definitely take a bottle of water with you as well um, because your throat does dry up after speaking for that length of time. But also know that it is absolutely fine. If students are making progress, it is absolutely fine to be reading with them so long as they are actively reading along with you in terms of they are following. We had, um, you know, um, rulers, reading rulers we had where you could see students moving down. Some people did the old method of putting their finger, their pen, obviously not with the lid off, in their books as well and following the words as they were reading so you can you can see and you know as well if students are being passive so again just make sure that students are reading along they are following what it is as well and you might have a break halfway through and discuss what might happen next just to save your bit of time really okay but again it's it's not at a prolonged period of time so it is just for you to perhaps take a break let the students move a little bit give them a bit of a shuffle especially if you've got our lessons so there are just a little bit of you know some things there that could help hopefully hopefully help all of you in in doing that and uh, and some tips there as well so after obviously the year eights um were tested we then had the biggest challenge of all and that was to roll it out to all of the year seven students and we did that in the summer term and the reason why we did it in summer term after a bit of to in and fro in is because we wanted students to experience a full English education, full English curriculum when they came into school at Key Stage 3. However, we didn't want them in September to go straight into just reading and then not writing. And I personally just thought lots of these students may not have been writing in the six weeks holiday. And I know it's like when my, I try to write after the six weeks holiday and I can't hold a pen properly. It's like, oh my gosh, I've forgotten how to write. Um, and we didn't want our students to think that this is what English is like. We just read to you and you don't do anything. Also, over the summer, hopefully after reading The Hunger Games, hopefully after being inspired by The Prince of Mist, they might just read for themselves during the six weeks holiday. Get students going in the library in those summer lessons. Make sure that students are taking books out to try to encourage you, like the reading culture within your school because you've done such a great job, hopefully, of using you know all of your resources to make them better readers so if you can really really impact and highlight just how amazing they are okay and uh, i am going to go on to the year seven figures in one moment teaching is a rewarding profession but it comes with its fair share of challenges that's where adapt come in we're not your typical trade union but instead a modern apolitical alternative offering expert legal, employment and mental health support. Protection without the politics. So what makes EDAPT different? We're always apolitical and independent, 
specialised solely in supporting individual teachers. Our caseworkers are professionally qualified, ensuring you always get the best advice. Plus, there's 24-7 mental health support. Whether it's a simple contract check or handling serious allegations, EDAPT are here for you. Join the thousands of educators who've chosen EDAPT to protect their careers. Subscribe at edapt.org.uk today. EDAPT. Supporting school staff. Protecting careers. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Schools may have to redraw budgets for the next academic year after what the BBC describes as a blunder by the Department for Education. A miscalculation came about because the number of pupils was underestimated. An original plan of a 2.7% increase per pupil in England for the academic year 2024-25 to has now had to be revised to 1.9%. The government has ordered an inquiry and issued an apology. In a letter to the Education Select Committee, the DfE stressed that this was not a reduction to the total schools budget, but said the amount promised had to be recalculated because an undiscovered error made by DfE officials during initial calculations. The BBC calculated that keeping the original planned increase of 2.7% would have meant the government having to find a further £370 million to top up the overall school's budget. Jeff Barton, General Secretary of the Association of School and College Leaders, said the error was unfortunate and frustrating and that it was likely that trusts and local authorities will have used the incorrect figures and will now need to revise budgets. A-levels and T-levels will be replaced by a new qualification for school leavers in England, according to new plans announced by PM Rishi Sunak. The plans reported across media outlets would see 16 to 19-year-olds study around five subjects as part of the so-called Advanced British Standard, including some maths to 18. The plans prompted many to question how this would be delivered, but Mr Sunak said that more teachers would be recruited and that changes would be aimed at pupils who were currently only just starting primary schools. He also announced that the changes would see students spend 195 hours more with a teacher. He also promised an additional £600 million over two years to increase training of maths teachers and funding for those studying for compulsory GCSE resits in colleges in maths and English. The plans will go to consultation for possible implementation around 2033-34. to But with a general election on the horizon, many may feel they are unlikely to happen should there be a change in government. The early years and primary sectors have responded to reports in the Times that children will have to brush their teeth under supervision in schools. According to the paper, Labour is planning to use schools and nurseries to help save NHS dentistry and that the party would introduce supervised toothbrushing in schools for children aged three to five. And this would be prioritised in areas with the highest incidence of childhood tooth decay. Whilst dental associations and charities welcomed the proposals, Paul Whiteman of the NAHT said the union had serious reservations about how such a policy could even work and that it is not the role of teachers to make sure children brush their teeth. Schools Week reports on comments made by Amanda Spielman, Chief Inspector of Schools in England, 
at the Confederation of Schools Trust's annual conference. Miss Spielman was responding to questions about a rise in complaints to Ofsted about schools. In 2017 to 18, there were around 11,500 complaints, but in 2021 to 22, this had risen to almost 15,000. Miss Spielman said that post-COVID people were grumpier and have a greater propensity to put pen to paper. But the complaints leading to early inspection numbers weren't any higher than previously. She said there was no question more complaints were coming through, but that she was sceptical it reflected any real change. In Wales, the BBC reports on an ongoing school-run parking route. Residents of a street in Bridge End say issues at pick-up and drop-off times are persisting 18 months after a protest saw people living in a cul-de-sac blocking the road. They describe the scene outside of a nearby primary school as carnage and claim cars and property have been damaged. Residents have been blocked in their driveways and this has led to rising tempers. This is a perennial problem across the country for many who live near primary schools. The row in Wales is unlikely to be resolved anytime soon. Finally, student housing has made the news again this week this time in Salford, where, according to BBC Local News, a major student letting company has been accused of falsifying a tenant's signature on a document to defend a property's filthy conditions. The company is alleged to have added the signature to a waiver saying tenants were aware the property had outstanding maintenance when they moved in, but tenants said they had been told issues would be resolved beforehand. Upon arrival, they discovered a broken fire door, a boarded-up window and slugs and cockroach infestations. An investigation into the allegations of forgery has been launched. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. Hello and welcome back to the Faster Reading Project. And as I was saying before we went to the news, our biggest task lay ahead, and this was during the summer term where this project that we have been talking about was rolled out to all of year sevens. They were tested at the start of the year and they came out at bang on 100 mean SAS. So they were on, you know, standard age score, smack bang average. Okay, so it did give a little bit of a nice starting point. We had quite a lot of students in stay nine two which again is uh, 74 to 81. That was a target area really where we wanted that percentage to, to, to drop. And we had 12% in there. Now, national average of students are only 7% in there. So we needed to improve that 12%. And I think again, stuck with the research. That is so important. We had learned some lessons along the way, but nothing too significant. As I said, during your QA te uh, checkups, you will be perhaps going around, hopefully, most of the classrooms and seeing teachers and students doing what you are asking them to do. It might just be a refresher course if you are going to roll it out in the way in which that we did. Again, next time we do this, was there any pointers? But essentially, these students are being read to by an expert reader that should be the teacher, and they should be following the text to help them with that vocab recall. So our year sevens, it was rolled out all at one all at one time. So again, things like all having a textbook, very, very important. Okay, so really important that all students have their own text in front of them. They don't have to share. So they they, they don't, again, have to be half in their chair, half not. 
they have their own text. So it is expensive. It is a, an expensive initial outlay. However, if you look after those texts, if you label those texts for each class, you should hopefully have these texts for very many years to come. But that was a condition I think that was important, that these students do have their own text. And I think it's a, 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 an important condition in terms of actually giving the students responsibility and ownership of their own texts. So for instance, if you have a class of 30, you might label them all and one student who's number nine on the register always has the number nine labeled book. Okay, so again, it's very important that you know, these students do take ownership of their learning. Now, the year sevens all read exactly the same two books as the year eights read. So again, if you are thinking about using it for the year sevens and eights, then these books will last you hopefully a good couple of years. But obviously, if you are using them multiple times a year, do expect them just through wear and tear to be looking at less. Um, again, I think it's important for us to perhaps take a moment and say actually how difficult this could be for students, but also how difficult it could be for teachers who have multiple classes. So for instance, in my school, we had um, we have two halves of the year group. So you might be doing this, again, if you're looking at sevens and eights, you might be having a look at four times, you know, or four times a year you're doing this and reading the Hunger Games four times in one year might be a little bit uninspiring for teachers or they might be absolutely fine with it. But again, it's not losing that enthusiasm through it. So our year sevens came in at 100 SAS score. Okay, so again, stay nine five, smack bang in the average. They ended at 103.6. So again, they have made significant progress. They have made progress from the start of their test to the second, again, test, test B of the NGRTs. And that was a 3.6 difference. But again, what's really pleasing is the much higher than expected progress. Again, national average is 10% of students make much higher than expected. Our year sevens made 19%, much higher than expected progress. Higher than expected progress nationally is 15%. And again, our students made 19%. So again, it was really welcoming to see. Again, if we look even lower down, because I'm not masking anything here, Lower than expected progress, national average is 15% and our students were at 11, obviously because the higher percentages further up. So again, you know, what, what we had was more confirmation and more validation that this actually works. And if it didn't, then I wouldn't be talking to you right now and I wouldn't be, uh, be giving you the advice to actually give it a go with, you know, whole year groups or selective groups or even perhaps in you'll read an intervention groups over a period of time doing this to them as well. And, you know, testing that impact because I was absolutely amazed with, with the fact that we did this on three separate occasions and each three times we made progress and we made significant progress as well. Again, breaking down the analysis by group scores, free school meal students, they, um, those who do have free school meals started at 94.2 and they finished at 96.6. So again, they are making progress. SEN students, those with a K code, started at 88.5 and finished at 92.7. So drawing those students towards their reading ages and towards that national figure of being 100. Um, those with E codes started at 95 and they finished at 98.6. So again, really good for SEN students. I think, again, 
students with English as an additional language, perhaps making the most impact and the most progress. They started at 94.5 and in obviously a term, they finished at 102. So this reading test, this reading project, the faster reading project actually allowed them to bring themselves up to national average. And again, you know, it was a good sample size of students. Okay, it was over 30 students who had that. So it's not as if I'm talking about one or two. And their difference at 5.7 plus 5.7, hopefully, again, make, makes them feel a lot more confident in English. So I think overall, you know, it's, it's yes, the data is there to back it up. But that data isn't there unless everything is done correctly and the basics are put in there um, that I've spoken about today. You know, that has to be in there correctly. Now, you might be thinking, well, what, what happens when those students don't make progress? And again, that's something for you to, to think about. But what we did is set up a separate reading project and a separate um, reading strand where students were given extra reading lessons, essentially. And it, it, it was called... Um, we just named it an immersive reader because they're immersed in reading and they might be taken out of English lessons or if, you know, your school is uh, really into this and, and really wants to see progress, it doesn't really matter too much what lessons they get taken out of because if you are trying to develop their reading skills, on average, the GCSE paper, you need a reading, reading age of around about 15 years, seven months to be able to access the papers then it doesn't matter really what you're taking them out of, what, what subjects you're taking them out of, because if you're enhancing the reading ages, it doesn't just impact English. It will impact, believe it or not, maths, because they do have to read to access those maths, maths papers, history, geography, PE. Again, it's endless. You need to read for every single exam to be able to access that paper. So again, you know, if your school is fortunate and you can say, OK, well, listen, don't take them out of English lessons because you're more likely, again, stereotypically, uh, to be doing more reading in those lessons than anything else. You might be able to take students out. But again, these groups were chosen um, from the NGRT test and they were those with a, a, a less than average reading score. And I targeted my students with those less than 90 because all of the in-class intervention at first Hopefully, we'll pull the students between 90 to 100. Sometimes they won't, and you will have to pick them up, maybe after the second test, okay? But certainly after that third test, uh, my biggest aim was to target, you know, the students below 90. And, you know, we had lots and lots of groups for year eight, and we put them on a cycle of around about half a term. So this could lead anywhere between, you know, six and eight weeks of, of the term. And essentially it would be once or twice a week, depending, because we have fortnightly timetables, um, of how many times we would do this. And, you know, you are essentially giving them an extra three or four hours reading every fortnight. And I think that makes a massive impact because they're also getting an additional four perhaps hours, maybe if you're really lucky, five hours a week as well of reading. So it's a huge amount of reading that they've been exposed to. But at the same time, it does make a big impact. Now, the immersive reader is where students are able to go through the text slightly slower so that they are at a pace where they can feel comfortable and they can ask questions based around certain words, what words mean to help their understanding. Because these are students who are perhaps not exposed to text quite a lot of the time. So again, I know you're dying for the data, 
I started the, um, we have again, you know, anytime you do any sort of intervention, I would highly recommend you do not exceed numbers of 12, because if you exceed numbers of 12, it feels too much like a class. And there isn't that personalized teaching in there. So our year eight students, the first time round, we had nine students in our group who started at 78.1 as their mean score. Okay, so we are talking students who were quite significantly, I would say, below that 100 mark. And after six weeks of the immersive reader, they pulled up to 86.1. So again, it was a huge, huge um, step up of eight SAS difference. So again, you know, exposing students to reading, exposing students to extended reading or exposing students at times to, to fluent reading as well, really does help boost their reading ages. And again, you know, you might want to pick up some of the lowest scoring ones and maybe find a different text to put them through. These texts were obviously chosen as shorter stories, which again, I'm sure your English teachers will be able to find some, some lovely short stories. But again, you, you probably won't get through a, a lengthy novel over the course of this period. So again, be very selective and just know in the back of your mind that you are not going to get through a whole novel. So again, rolling it out then to year nines, um, who started at 92 and ended up at 96. And that was a, that was 12 students, so bang on there, um, of what I'd recommend. And again, you know, what we found is it didn't matter what groups we had. It didn't matter what year groups we had because we still had huge impact and we still had progress being made. So much so we put another 12 students through year nine who made progress of 1.7, so slightly less. But again, the whole group as a whole are making a lot of progress and they are moving up the stay nines. Again, the start point in the lowest stay nine was at 12%, the end point was at 6%. So again, we pick up these students who had the 6% and we try to break down the barriers of why. But again, that's a conversation for another day, a conversation to have perhaps with your Senko. Um, and again, you know, the differences that you can see in these students and the differences that you can see when you, you say we're having a reading lesson, they do get very excited about it. They do get extremely, um, you know, enthralled that they can sit, read and enjoy a book and they will follow it when you have that enthusiastic reader, when you have the appropriate text for those age groups as well. So again, it's a scheme of work that was incorporated into the curriculum. In terms of parental engagement, parents seemed really positive um, about what students were doing, perhaps because the students themselves were positive as well. And it's important to know, I, I do work in a comprehensive school, in a secondary school, okay? This isn't something that I'm saying, oh yes, it will work in grammar schools or you know, it will work in certain types of schools. I work in a very um, you know, diverse, but also pretty, I would say, standard secondary school. And the results, again, show that it works. You know, there's so many different subcategories and so many different subgroups that over this past hour, I, I've explained to you, hopefully, that it is a project for all. It is not just a project for EAL or SEND or males or females or PP students or free school meal students. That isn't a case, you know, for this project. And, and if it was, I don't think I'd be so enamored by it. The fact that it works 
and has worked consistently holistically improving reading literacy with students is something that I wanted to share with you today and hopefully you know that's 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 been done in a way that has given you some advice of what you could do but also I would definitely say stick with the research and again you know that that research can be found on the website and all you would have to put into google is the faster reading project case study and it would come up it's from the research schools network and that will give you just a little bit of a a, a foot in really of what the faster reading project is and again spend time on it spend time don't jump in two feet first and make sure that you have a plan moving forwards you don't have to roll it out to a whole year group if you don't feel comfortable and again we certainly didn't i wanted to make sure that um when it was rolled out to a year group and my head teacher again was was really really good in doing this in making sure you do things slowly and get it right and that's i feel something that we did that was the faster read project and i do hope that it's been useful i do hope that some of you do try it and more importantly i really really hope that you have excellent results and excellent impact and really improving that reading age but also the reading confidence and the enjoyment of reading too and trying to build in this culture of reading across the uk and across the world is getting harder and harder by the day with new technology being introduced so thank you very very much for listening to me um and you know let us know if, if you do take on this project if you do have any ideas about how to improve reading and fluency strategy it is a strategy that i hold really dear to my heart because you know i, I would love to say that schools around the uk are not just providing education but we're actually providing students with the skills and the tools to read outside of the classroom and to read outside of school not just when they're at school but also when they leave school too and we could build a wonderful world filled with fantastic readers thank you all very very much for listening till the next time take care and as always stay safe thank you very much You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.